Hello and welcome back to the Villa Filler podcast. I'm here, as always, with my good friend Dan Wiseman. Dan, how you doing, mate? I'm not bad. Came out. Came yesterday. Big fan. Big fan. The more I see it, the more I like it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving this. You can't see Bertrand's on the back. Officially getting carried away after his one goal in the cup. <laughs> but, uh, no, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking to hopefully see some more of him. I guess it's a good place to start with that Bristol game, isn't it? Absolutely, and obviously we are uh, recording this a few days after. I'm sure you've all uh, seen the highlights. Some of you may have seen the full game. Obviously, the coverage was behind um, a Carabao Cup paywall. But Villa looked really good. It was a really convincing performance. Uh, a great debut from the man Bertrand, as we touched on there. Brilliant goal. Uh, and I think I think it's important to distinguish. It was most definitely a shot, weren't it, Dan? <laughs> yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, mate. There's no doubt about it. Um I, I, you know, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to think you know more. Which I don't know if I said so, I'm being a little bit biased, but um, here I was, and I was like, I think, I think he's meant like that. I think he's he's opened his body up just that a little bit much, and that that foot is is angled towards that far post. Maybe I'm getting carried away. I don't know, but either way, mate, we've got to take it for what it is. And, uh, bloody hell, what a beauty! Absolutely. It was so good. And again, I think it was just a really good all-round performance. It's really good for the confidence for the lads. Keenan Van Nistel, Roy living up to the name. Absolute insane performance. And Cal, uh, if you're listening to this, mate, you've got to stop with the Keenan slander. It's getting boring. I don't want to see it on my timeline. Keenan is, is proving everyone wrong. He, he really came out with a point to prove after that uh, new contract. Brilliant setup for El Ghazi. Um, uh, and, and Watkins as well, Dan. Two touches. First one instigated a move. Second off, he finished the move. Um, really, really good performance all around from Villa. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those where you, you kind of have to um, just take a step back and go right. You know, it was against Bristol City in mm. the Car- in the Carabao Cup. You know, you know what I mean, and not not get too carried away. But the signs were great. Um, players that. Um, you know, we, I wasn't expecting much from putting really good performances. Uh, shout out to Henry Lansman, man. Uh, he was um, he was amazing the other night. Uh, I thought Marv did a good job. Uh, one player that I, I'm continually being impressed by is Trezeguet. Yeah, thought he's had a really good start to the season. Thought he was was all right against Sheffield United, and then thought he was really good the other night. Um, but now all eyes are on Bertram, man, and uh, he he showed up. Uh, he, his linker play and his passing, the the range of different skills in which he has and how willing he is to just uh, come inside on that left foot. And I've, I had him down, not as a selfish player, but, you know, when you, when you have these inverted wingers that aren't the traditional sort of get to the byline, cut it back, yeah. sort of you, you traditional crossing, you know, they, they tend to be a little bit more um, sort of selfish in, in the sense that they come inside and are looking for a shot or mm. an opportunity to create for themselves. They sort of, you know, instigate that. Um, by themselves and um, I, I was really refreshed to see that you know even uh, considering it was a, the second string Villa side he was really happy to bring the other players into play um, thought him and Jacob Ramsey linked up more than a few times uh, and looked really bright and yeah mate, um, there's only a few players which which I didn't think had, had uh, the greatest of games I thought Fred was great from from right back I thought it was, a, it was another shaky game for Corney um, thought it, it wasn't his best and, and that's a couple of games in a row now where he's looked a little bit uncomfortable and uh, Elmo as well sliding in at, uh, at centre-back and, and doing a good job there so yeah I mean if, if you're looking at it mate it's a good scoreline it's another clean sheet um, uh, there are only positives to take from it aren't there? Absolutely and uh, we'll leave it there on that Dan because there's plenty of bigger things to get into 
obviously you guys will have seen from the title this is a transfer rumor mill podcast this you know we've got a bit of a mismatch going on but you know it's content for you guys uh and it's it's hopefully going to be interesting now we have Again, we're back with some more exciting links. As soon as me and Dan did the last Transfer Rumour Mill podcast, um, I think the Ross Barkley one, news has since come out, and I'm sure you're all aware of it now. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is apparently an option now. Due to Premier League rules, you can't loan more than one player from uh, a club. So it's either Barkley or Loftus-Cheek. I wouldn't turn my nose up at either, but I would most definitely prefer... Ross Barkley, uh, not Ross Barkley, I can't believe I just said that. I definitely prefer Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Uh, I think you've just got to look at uh, how he he performed at Palace when he went there on loan. Regular game time for Loftus-Cheek, keeping him fit, which is really important because he is uh, he's quite injury prone. So he's he's one of them you've got to kind of wrap in cotton wool. But when he has a, a regular run of fixtures, he just looks like, a, a, like the most complete midfielder um, and you know a, a really good prospect for England, Dan. Yeah, it's, it's one of those where um you know it's it's very difficult uh to choose who you, who you'd rather have i mean both players are just fantastic options that um, would offer us so much uh you'd hope i think you know if if you were to to um to sign one i think Barkley comes with a little bit less less risk i'm going to say i think he's, yeah. he might be the safer bet just cuz he's been doing it for a little bit longer uh, um he's less less I'm not going to say injury prone, that's a bit harsh, harsh on Ruben, but, you know, he spent less time injured, you know, objectively in the last few seasons. Um, I think, as I said, there's, but there's a, a player in Ruben Loftus-Cheek, which I don't think anyone's really managed to harness for a good yeah. period of time yet. Um, that I don't think we've seen the best of him. Um, and so, you know, I think it could take a low move to, to Villa to, to get that out of him, especially with... Um, you know, it just seems to be so difficult to get into that Chelsea midfield at the moment because considering the likes of, you know, Kabacic aren't getting a game uh, and players like that, you know, he's, he's going to fall quite down uh, the pecking order. Especially now Billy Gilmore is starting to announce himself, which I think is something else that you've got to consider in that midfield is that, you know, he, he looks like the heir to that Chelsea midfield. Um, and so, yeah, I think a, a lone move uh, would, would make sense, I think, that's probably the way that you'd want to see the deal done uh, rather than just buying him outright. Um, you know, you'd like to give him a loan just to see if he finds his feet, see how he does and what kind of player he develops into. Because as I said, that there is a player in, in Ruben Loftus-Cheek and, and the best side of him, um, I, don't, I don't think anyone has, has seen yet. And um, yeah, he had that good loan at Palace, which is, which is encouraging because, uh, you know, I think he needs to have that hunger to come out on loan and, and prove himself because he was in the England set of, Let's not forget, um, you know, he, he was capped more than a few times uh, a, a little while back now and the injuries have hampered him and he looks a little way away from that England squad at the moment and how we're crying out for a midfielder, mate. And um, when you put all of those things together, uh, you know, it could be quite an encouraging deal. Yeah, I think as well. Loftus-Cheek scored his first goal against Villa in the relegation year, I want to say. Um, I think it was, was it 4-0 at Villa Park, that game? Yeah, um, Alexandra Pato scored a hat trick, didn't he? Um, which is something you wouldn't expect it to hear ever, really. Um, a great prospect, but it just never went for for, for Pato. But no, as for Loftus Cheek, I think 
we've we've spoke on the podcast about needing an eight, a box to box midfielder who who is powerful, who's who can be composed, um, and has an eye for goal. And I think Loftus Cheek ticks all the boxes. I'd, I'd also say Barkley was as well. Obviously, we spoke about Barkley in much more detail on on another podcast. So I'm sure that will be linked in the description for you guys if you haven't already seen it. But yeah, I think either options are good. Uh, I don't envy Dean for having to try and make that decision. Uh, you know, who, who, to, who to try and pick? Uh, if there is any truth to that, of course. Um, obviously, Sky Sports were reporting that, but I think now with them, I think everything's kind of taken with a grain of salt. Really, um, no longer the the older reliable horse to uh, no. to, to to go to. But uh, until Fabrizio Romano is tweeting about it, let's just assume nothing's happening. Uh, and yeah, again, another really exciting link as well um, that that fits that bill in the midfield. Um, and has been uh, <laughs> really funnily labelled uh, a Hurrahan upgrade by under a gaslit lamp is uh, Wyland Cyprian. And now I'm probably, I've probably mispronounced that. He, he's a French midfielder from Nice. Very good player. Now, um, to all of the uh, FIFA players who listen to the podcast, I'm sure you will have seen he was in the team of the season and you're instantly going to think he's a baller. Fair play. Um, I can't say I've seen much <laughs> of, of him play, but the bits I have seen... Um, I, I tend to agree that he's probably a horror upgrade, Dan. <laughs> yeah, um, he is. Uh, he's a really, really good player. Um, and uh, I actually caught him play um, a couple of weeks ago because obviously League on started and I, I watched uh, Nice because they're really an exciting team. Uh, there's a lot of players to like and Cyprian is one of them. Um, and he's a player that I sort of watch and you struggle to believe he's still they're like he, yeah. he's such a, a well-rounded mid, midfielder, and uh, I was I was listening to something that um, the the Fulham player uh, Jean Michael Sterry was saying yeah. about him. He used to play alongside him for Nice, uh, and just said he was incredible. The, the, he, you know, he, he called him a phenomenal, like a generational talent. Um, just this player that can do everything you could possibly want in midfield. He can hold the six. He can drift forward in, in, into an attacking eight. He's strong. He's physical. He can tackle. He can power forward with the ball he's got an exemplary passing range um he had a game against psg for nice last season at the park de france and he lit it up in a, in a very good psg midfield um and to, to sort of link it to, to a villa perspective uh he, he's on a sort of similar trajectory to that of Idrissa Gue when we were linked with him yeah like he's sort of that that move to a bigger club is coming, and then he has definitely got potential to go on and play for the likes of, of a PSG. So, um, to those that don't watch much French football, he, he's not a, probably a, a household name just yet. But um, no, go and get yourself excited. Go and watch those YouTube compilations, guys, and, and you'll be convinced. I'm sure. Um, 16 million as well, mate. Yeah, looks like a great fee. It really does. Like it. I think 10 million euro was initially reported and that's quickly been rectified to 17, which let's be honest, seems a lot more realistic for, for what you're getting. Uh, either way, I think 17 million, 16 million is an absolute bargain for, for what you get, as you say, on the cusp of that big move. Um, and if you're looking at the stats, he's, uh, attempted double the amount of passes as Hurahan. He's completed double the amount of passes as Hurahan. 87.6% accuracy. He's uh, completely, you know, he's completed more in the opposition half as well, which is important. Because I think when you look at Hurahan, he's clearly a more attacking-minded midfielder, but is often kind of expected as as the responsibility is with that eight to to come back and defend, which he's obviously pretty horrific for. And I think 
Connor would would probably wash his hands with that as well. He's not the kind of man you want chasing a recovery back because he, he just he's pulling pulling people back left, right, and centre outside the box. It's just not really what you uh, want to expect from your midfield. It's kind of sloppy. Uh, and yeah, I think this is a transfer to really get excited about another French link. You just got to look at the players that we signed in the relegation year. And uh, I believe it was the, um, uh, his name's escaped me, but the guy who does the HITC videos, the Irish, uh, the Irish guy um, tweeted saying in, uh, in 2020 that um, Jack Grealish, Adama Traore, Adrissa Gay, um, uh, Jordan Ayew, all lighting it up. You wouldn't have expected that five years Amari. ago. Amavi, of course, as well, um, got sent off in the in the massive brawl in Unclassique um, a few weeks ago, uh, which was very controversial. Uh, what went on there? Um, but yeah, you know, as you say, similar trajectory to Gay. If you're getting these players in, I think you know th- there's some really good value to be found in the French league. I think you've just got to look at um, even you know young strikers like Timothy Ware, uh, players like that. You know it's a good level to play football. It's obviously not Premier League standard, um, but I think it, the proof's kind of been put in that he's uh, he's had, he's completed more passes, he's attempted more passes, they've been more successful. There's more of an opportunity to, to be flamboyant and, and try these things in the French League, which I think a player like Conor Horahan may sometimes play within himself. Um, so yeah, it's really good to see. And, um, and I know you're excited about that one, Dan, and hopefully we can get that one over the line. Uh, and finally, final transfer. This is a, a bit of a weird one that I just saw on Twitter as I was scrolling through. I think it may have been from Ashley Priest of the Birmingham Live saying that um, Villa were uh, among Wolves, West Brom and uh, maybe Palace. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, that were in for Timu Puki. Um, now, obviously, we've let Samagol go. Sam are gone. Uh, he, he, he's in Turkey playing football now. Uh very hard done by, I feel, for Samagol. Uh, shocking initial statement from the club, uh, yeah. considering this man has scored in a League Cup final. Um, really struggled after the lockdown. I don't think anyone... Uh, and this isn't me saying, look, I think it, it, it was a stupid decision to let him go. Um, but he did really struggle with, uh, with, with football uh, on its return. Don't think Villa really played to his strengths again. Typical Villa signing a striker and not playing to their strengths. But uh, no, I think it's important that we get cover in. I'm not too sure about Puki, and the reports are saying that he's staying at Norwich and he's happy to stay. I believe he's already scored a few goals for Norwich this season in the Championship as well. Um, it's, that's probably his level, really, Dan, isn't it, Puki? Yeah, this is the I think the first signing I've come on this first show, mate, and uh, said that I don't want. Yeah, um, I don't really have an interest in in, in Timu Puki. Uh, sort of exploded out of the blocks last season, didn't he, with, with Norwich, and then got a whole bunch of goals and was being linked with these crazy moves left, right, and centre. Um, and then things quickly levelled out, and, and you know he, he very much dried up in the in the second half of the season. I think he's ageing as well. Um, yeah, this is one I'm I'm quite happy to let slide, mate. Uh, I think, as you said, Norwich and Timapuki have found their level this season. Um, I think we should we should leave it there. Don't get me wrong; there's a, there's a lot of players that we uh, that we like in that Norwich team. Uh, we've we've had the likes of Wendy had discussed on this show before, mate. But yeah, if I'm taking one player out of that Norwich front line, it is definitely not Timo Puki. No, I think it's best left there. Really, it's a non-starter. But uh, I think it's important that 
uh, as Dan said, we've got a, we can't just seem like, you know, we, we, we agree with every transfer that we want every transfer. Um, you know, we're going to be honest as and when needed. And obviously Puki, um, I don't think would fit the bill. Uh, so yeah, let's leave that one there. And obviously Dan, Monday night football is back. Villa are playing Fulham. Villa are doing a Fulham. No, they're not. We've won <laughs> all three of our games so far this season, which is crazy to say. Unbeaten in six now, going back to last season. Uh, no, seven, I think. Um, Forgive me, I, th- I, I was pulled up in the comments last time. Um, so thanks for correcting me, guys. Um, exciting game, I think, just because there's such a feel-good f- like factor. I know we're trying not to get too carried away about the Bristol game, but it's really good that someone like Ramsey can have a really good game. Lansbury, I think everyone is, is, is genuinely stepping their game up because I think you know if we play that game um, 12 months ago with a similar lineup, and look, I know we made it to the finals, but... It, you know, we had such an easy route and Bristol made eight changes as well. I don't think we can be ignorant to that. So, of course, it was a much weaker side. But, you know, a year, two years ago, we would have really struggled in that game. Um, but it's really good that obviously Bertram got to, off to a great start. I would really expect him to start against Fulham on that right wing. Um, but saying that, you know, Trez set up Watkins, played really well when he came on. Him and Watkins seem to have, um, you know, performing quite the, the understanding, to be fair. Trez's crosses have really improved, in my opinion, and and it helps just having someone who knows where to be in the box. Um, so I'm just really excited to, you know, Monday Night Football's coming back, Dan Villa's on the telly. Uh, another really good opportunity for three points. Extend this winning run, which I think is really important as well, because, you know, it it breeds so much confidence, and I think there is a lot of that running through the club at the moment. Yeah, we've got to keep it going, man, and, and we've got to let go of some some pretty bad habits because um, we've struggled against Fulham a lot in recent years. Yeah. Uh, we've lost six of our last games against them, uh, and that's in you know the the FA Cup and the, the playoff final, the Championship. But even in the Premier League, um, we haven't beaten Fulham in any of our last four games. Um, only West Ham, who have lost forty five. Uh, have lost more games to newly promoted opposition than Aston Villa in the Premier League. We've lost 43 games to newly promoted teams, which is which is pretty poor. Uh, and on top of that, we struggle in London, don't we? Yeah. Um, so I, I was looking at this. So um, we've taken one point from our last 30 Premier League games in London. Um, and uh, so the last time we won... Last time we were yeah, here's a bit of trivia for you, mate. I'm going to quiz you live on air. The last time we won in London in the Premier League, can you get the game? It's a I'm gonna it's think think a long time ago. I'm gonna go with the three one or three two against Arsenal with Luna. Close, very close, mate. That same season, uh, we beat Spurs. 1-0 away Benteke of course that kept us up didn't um, it Mich- Michel Vaughan yeah. was in goal man that was the last time we won a Premier League game in Europe As to, sorry in London uh, been a bit, it, I don't think any teams have won a Premier League game in Europe to be honest with you that, that's, that's an interesting <laughs> feat um, <laughs> but uh, no mate it, it's going to be an interesting game um, I don't think we can write off uh, but um, you know, it's, it's it's far from uh, one where we can just stroll to Craven Cottage and uh, think for win because considering their start to the season, they're going to see this as a must-win game. Yeah, like they've got to stop the rut early on. Um, I know they lost to uh, to Leeds, but the way that they lost and coming back into that and making it four-three, Metro scoring two, will have instilled some confidence in them, and they'll be looking at this a home match against Aston Villa, who, who nearly like narrowly avoided relegation last season. Uh, as a real chance to put an end to that to that bad run of form and, and get some points on the board for the first time this season. 
Um, so it's not going to be an easy game. I think, you know, I've seen Villa fans thinking that, you know, it's going to be a bit of a walk in the park. Yeah, Fulham don't look great. And yeah, those those problems are still there defensively. But um, they're going to see this as just as important as a game as we are. And, and they're going to fancy their chances too. Yeah, I think you just got to look at, at at that Leeds game. I think Leeds were really in control for a lot of it, and Fulham, uh, they didn't really, they weren't as direct. They didn't really attack with pace uh, or, or move the ball around quick enough for me in that first half. But as soon as it went to to three one, they seemed to wake up, liven up a bit. Um, obviously, Mitro is always going to be a bit of a threat. He's one of those will he won't he in the Premier League. But I think you know he's always guaranteed to get around eight or ten. Um, and, and will potentially cause Concer and Mings a, a few different problems that they've not really had to face yet in the season. Obviously, a more physical presence who's going to be trying to bully them. Uh, good in the air. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously Fulham pose uh, some threats that, that Villa uh, haven't had to deal with yet. So it'll be a good test. Uh, must win, really, for both teams because, you know, Villa are clearly looking to, to push themselves away from that bottom half of the table. You can see with the signings how well we've been doing. Uh, and, and if Villa are to end up down here, you know, it's that kind of three-point cushion against these sides who, uh, in other podcasts, we have, you know, tips to be relegated that are going to be important come the end of the season. So it's it's absolutely massive that Villa uh, get the three points. Uh, don't underestimate this game. Craven Cottage has always been a tough place for Villa to go. It's been a long time since we've won there. Um, I think I've been on like four away days there and, and, and not seen as a win at all. Um, so hopefully Villa can change that. Obviously, we won't be there. Um, it, it, football without fans still sucks. Uh, and depending on when you guys listen to it, it it's been uh, a year ago since our League Cup trip to Brighton. Um, and I shared the video that me and Dan made on Twitter. Uh, went to Brighton with our good friend Elliot. Drove all the way from Manchester down to Brighton. Back in time for 9am lectures the next day. Absolute madness. So if you guys would check that out. That'd be great. I, do, I I am biased, but I would say it's probably one of our best videos we've made, Dan, uh, in terms of content. Um, so yeah, I'll put sure. that in the description for you guys to listen to. Uh, and just as we're wrapping up as well, the other night I was uh, I was so you know kindly asked to go on the Villa Kids podcast with with Zahi, um, and that episode is out, and uh, it's really great what they're doing. That you know they've seen a market for a, a podcast for younger kids. You know, I think uh, you know, and after speaking to Zahi's dad, um, said many kind words about the podcast. So thank you very much. Um, you know, said our podcast is, is to be fair quite accessible, which is is how we like it. Me and Dan like to to, to go in depth, but we don't really want to overcomplicate things too much. Um, but of course, you know, for an eight year old, what we're talking about may be quite. Um, daunting or you know you don't necessarily understand um so yeah it's a really good market i'll link that in the description uh it, i really had fun on it uh and yeah it was, it was a really good time uh, and as well before i hopped on for the podcast i saw the the little uh video that, that villa did in with the the disability team inviting some some players down to um participate watch them train um get involved in the third kit launch which is brilliant um and yeah just just really proud of the club for that dan is is a really touching video yeah nice to see man nice to see um it was uh i think at the moment when you know we can't go to games and that connection with the fans is lost i think stuff like that is is really important just to reinforce just exactly what this club can do for, for people and um just and hopefully you know those two guys were in that day for, for a long time coming um yeah, just just good to see, man. There's only positive things coming out of the club at the moment, and uh, delighted to see. Um, I love the third kit too. For yeah. the record. 
Um, Beautiful. Absolute belt on them. Absolute belt. So my, my brothers picked that up. I got the home kit. He got the, the, the third kit. And see it in the flesh, it's just as nice, man. Um, so, yeah, congrats to Capra on uh, a nice range uh, of kits. Um, and yeah, as I said, mate, only positive things come out of the club at the moment. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that is a good note to end the podcast on. Villa, really good feel, good factor at the club right now. Let's hope that can continue on Monday. Uh, and hopefully, again, we'll be back soon talking to you about some confirmed transfers. It's been a bit quiet recently. Dean said he's looking to add one or two. Uh, you know, he feels like he's, his squad is nearly complete for now, which is great to hear. So, obviously, uh, whenever there's any breaking news, Dan and I will be on it uh, to, to cover it for you guys. Uh, and hopefully, you guys uh, will join us for that. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, hit the like button and comment your thoughts below. What did you make of Traore's debut? Let us know on your thoughts on the signings of Loftus-Cheek potentially uh, and uh, Cyprian. And also just let us know your predictions for Monday night. We're, we're really interested. We will uh, make sure we read all of them. And yeah, thank you guys for your support. As always, we've passed 2,800 subs, which is uh, genuinely mental. I, I, like, I can't believe it. Um, so yeah, just a massive thank you for you guys. Um, if you enjoyed, like, comment, subscribe and up the villa. It's a main man, a hero. He's the main leader of the gang. Chester. 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 He's the main leader of the gang now. Chester.